Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the Elders, their wisdom, their knowing and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, everybody. It is so good to be in your ears and with you in this space. Today, I want to bring you an interview with one of our Mummerizing coaches, the phenomenal Holly Swanton. The reason why I invited Holly onto the podcast is because so often in the conversations that I have about matrescence and motherhood with people around the world, I'm blown away with how many times I think to myself, why didn't I know this? Why didn't I know that this resource, this specialist, this theory, this support was available for me? And why don't I know this to be able to share this with everybody else? That's what I'm asking Holly about. Holly is an OT, specializing in particular now because of her own experience in supporting mothers. She's also a trauma-sensitive yoga teacher and has such a beautiful, holistic approach to how we can honor this transition of matrescence and motherhood. Not only if you hold space for mothers yourself or if you're going through this personally, how do we access the resources we need, what's available to us, and how do we gather all of that together to gather ourselves back together? I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Holly, thank you for stepping into this space to talk to our amazing community of mamas around the world about your experience of matrescence. Thank you for being here, beautiful. Such a pleasure. Such a pleasure always to be in conversation with you, Amy. Yes, I know. You and I have known each other for a few years. You are a mummerizing coach and an OT and you work with mamas in many different ways. But what I first want to start with, as always, is talk to you about your experience of becoming a mama and how you ended up here. Before you became a mum, what did you think it would be like? What were your expectations going into this? <laughs> oh, my this? gosh, what a question. I'm, I'm the eldest of four, <laughs> so I, I was under no illusions that it was going to be um, 
full of adventure and full of fun. Um, but it's definitely been surprising and enriching in different ways. I think I thought that it would be a lot easier than it is. I think most people think that. Um, yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. I think, um, yeah, I yeah, I just thought it would be easier and that it would be um, mm. definitely a period of growth, but I don't think I realised how much motherhood has to offer, you know, in terms of reflecting on who we are and reflecting on the opportunities that we get to really deepen our connection with ourselves and that's been a hard but surprising part of motherhood, I think, for me. Yeah, yeah. That's a really interesting What a beautiful question. way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you, your line of work, you're an OT, you're also a yoga teacher, you work a lot in the space of looking at our thoughts and our body connection, looking at our personal growth, what do we need to thrive, how can we support ourselves mm. the most. And over the years I've often found that when I interview women who are already in this space in some way or another, it is quite a, a shock to the system when they land in it themselves mm. what it brings because I wonder if it's almost like this is what you've studied, you know what's coming <laughs> theoretically, but the realistic experience day-to-day -day is a very different thing. Mm, absolutely. I think, you know, prior to being adding mother to one of the lists of my occupations. I think that I was always really grateful for the privileged position that I was in to be able to be walking with people through their own adversities. I, I've always really um, been grateful for that perspective that seeing and supporting people through their adversities has given me for the choices that I make in my own life. So, yeah, for sure, I think when I landed in in motherhood, um, it was difficult, but I suppose my my arrival in motherhood actually was a little bit protracted and a little bit kind of drawn out. I experienced pregnancy loss before I was a, a mother and that I think was really the catalyst for me to go a lot deeper in actually, uh, you know, preparing myself and uncovering. So for me I, I learned about matrescence and the, the kind of transformation that's available before I had my my two girls so I, I suppose that journey was kind of a little bit um drawn out in a different way mm. than maybe some people land in I mean we all have our own unique ways of landing in in motherhood but yeah for me that was it, it provided this opportunity before to really deepen my connection with myself I suppose and and think about the intentions behind you know what motherhood could mean for me does that make sense yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. I wonder if we could reflect on that experience a little bit because, you know, pregnancy loss, especially if you haven't, especially if it's your first experience of mm. motherhood, um, is really isolating and really unspoken. Mm. We have um, a couple of podcasts here around um, the matrescence of pregnancy loss and mm. how much better we should be doing that. So when you reflect on that now, how does it feel to to see how you took that experience and and 
and found your way to deepen your understanding of yourself before your daughters arrived. That's a pretty profound thing. For me, shifting into this space of work, an absolute catalyst. I think yoga, if I'm really honest, was probably the first foundational step in that direction. Um, You know, I was burnt out as an OT um, and did the, you know, go to Nepal and find myself and did the hike and then came back and became a yoga teacher. And and that was the first thing I did for myself, not professional gain. It was really something I did for myself. And that was at a time when we knew we wanted to start a family and, you know, I knew that I needed to be kind of recovering from burnout that wasn't going to be sustainable. And so yoga was mm. the first thing I did for myself um, that really transformed my connection to who I was. And so when I, um, we were also living on a boat at the time, so we were definitely like, transforming our lives but as you do as you do (laughs) I've definitely walked a very unorthodox path in my life um but you know we experienced that loss while we were living on that on the boat and it was a time where yoga was my lifeline because it was quite isolating and those those pathways back into my body and back into just listening to what I needed to hear and listen to was really my comfort at that point but I looked around for support at that point and was really fobbed off you know kind of dismissed everything's okay from a medical sense but I didn't feel okay I felt really unsettled and I felt really wobbly and and you know I looked around for what I knew and I was like where are the OTs in this space where are the supports for the mothers yes I'm not having a pregnancy now, but I still would like some support. So, you know, I had some physical complications from from that process and I saw a physio and I got some support from the physical side of things, but I really was looking for what I knew and that that OT sense, I suppose. I What I knew was that integration of like, yes, my body is one thing, but I've got these thoughts and feelings and they're changing my actions, they're changing the way that I am in the world now and and I've just found myself almost obsessed about what's happening with this reproductive space you know this kind of journey the choice that we're having you know and really did a massive massive deep dive so that was the catalyst for me starting my pregnancy yoga training and I, I did a fertility yoga training alongside of that that had these really beautiful shamanic processes in it and just did a whole lot of stuff that was you know as equally weighted for how I could use this professionally but also just I was completely open-minded to what I could do for myself and and how could I heal and I think the OT in me that loves the holistic approach was like well I'm gonna leave no stone unturned in trying to understand and intellectualize and outsmart this process like what's happening to me and you know, and and it's been a real journey, I suppose, of of balancing surrender and awakening, and you know, softening and and having agility when I need to. So some of those same principles that I use to support me when I, you know, on that recovery to burnout have been kind of values I've brought into motherhood of like I'm I'm not not that I'm not going to let this break me, but I'm going to allow it to shape me, and I can evolve in this process. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a good, amazing thing to say. I'm going to allow this to shape me. Wow. Mm. I've never heard that described so beautifully. That is such a beautiful way. I think you said, I'm not going to allow this to break me. I'll allow it to shape me. Mm. Can you 
share with all of us what your definition or your understanding or how you practice OT? Because one of the reasons why I really wanted to get you on the podcast is because over the years we've had some beautiful conversations about your work. And in my own life, I had never seen OT the way that you describe it, the way that you come to it. Maybe I'm the um, baby OTs sense. who are listening. <laughs> exactly. But the reason why I wanted you on this in this space and having these conversations is because the exactly what you just described, the combination between our body and our thoughts, our actions and our thoughts, our actions and our body, there's this integration that uh, in conversation with you, I have really learned a lot. So can we start with you describing to our community what you see OT is and its role? Sure. No one ever knows what OTs do. And I think that the the scope we have is really broad. So the <clears throat> the definition that I'll share will also allow OTs to kind of leverage that understanding because I'm a really I really like to fly the OT flag and as many times as possible as I can to share what OT does I would like to take them. So my definition of OT is that OTs are interested in your occupation. So that's not just your paid jobs, it's the things that you do in your life, your roles, your routines, your habits that give you a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose so you know you're a mother you're a a trainer a coach a, a potter you know there's all these things that we do that that make up this mosaic this sense of who we are and OTs believe that if you're engaging in these things that give you a sense of meaning and purpose you're doing the things that you need and want to do then your health and well-being will thrive if you're not then you know you kind of have the wobbles with life. So that's the underpinning for me. That's the guiding light for me that if a person sitting opposite me is able to articulate what's most meaningful to you, what what do you want to do in life, what are you trying to strive for, then we look at how can we support that. So OTs historically work, you know, with people's thoughts and feelings. We work in the mental health space. We also work in the physical space where we might provide, you know, advice on modifications or adaptations. But ultimately what we're focused on is how can we adapt this person or support this person to adapt and evolve and to function. So um, those types of adaptations that we support people with can be really, really broad. And that's why you see OTs working everywhere from schools to nursing homes to corporate spaces to safety to mines to motherhood space so you know we are I think a completely underutilized resource not only within mental health but within women's health I think we have a a lot to bring in terms of supporting the doing and supporting that that integration of the existing supports you know I, I find we're often that bridge between okay this is what I've been supported to to develop strategies for how I'm processing my emotions and this is how I've been supported to process what changes might have happened in my body and I find that often as an OT I'm working with okay well that's how do we, how do we actually do that stuff how do we put it into practice and what mm-hmm. has worked for you in the past may not work now how can we adapt that to be important for where your perspective is lying and and your function is lying so for me it just comes back to that meaning and purpose I suppose yeah Yes, and when you speak with a new mama whose <clears throat> whose meaning and purpose has re- probably radically changed in the last few months or last year or so as she has become a mother or a mother again, and 
so often there's all these little bits that are, mm. you know, you've got your doctor over here or your physiotherapist over here or your mental health psychologist over here. I imagine what a gift it is to come and be with someone who's ready to look at all of those elements and almost start from a place of, well, let's start with looking at what is your new meaning and purpose? What mm. is the meaning and your purpose of your day at the moment? Because as you and I both know, one of the things that is so destabilizing for a lot of women is that they thought they knew who they were or what their purpose was or what their days looked like or how their body moved or how their body functioned or what their relationships were like. Mm. And through this experience of matrescence, so much of that has changed. So how does that one place to begin again change a woman's experience what is that like oh look I think it's so broad you know and I think that's why we we start Mm -hmm. with what's the most you know most women when they come to me I think the place I start with is what's their connection like with their body if we if we aren't able to listen Mm. and hear with what's going on in ourselves then we can't make choices that are right for this new person that we are so I find often, you know, there's a lot of noise around women and so I'm kind of like let's just actually create a little bit of a space, a bit of buffer for you to start reconnection, to start listening back to what's going on um, and what do you want, you know. No one's really mm. asked women that question, you know, how are you really? It's it's quite stunning, I think, or stunting perhaps is a better <laughs> word you know for women it can be Mm -hmm. quite overwhelming just to even go I don't know I haven't had a chance to come up for air Um, and I think that's why over time with with things like birth trauma and the relational things that appear for people with their relationship changes that I really try to just provide that space for women to come back into themselves and go okay how can I gather myself back up how what do I need um, to take this next step forward because it's really hard to choose the compass heading for your next direction if it's spinning around completely. And, you know, the overlays between matrescence theory and OT are really broad. You know, there's this Anne Wilcox who's, a, you know, a guru in the OT world in occupational science has this model doing, being, becoming, belonging and it's about that transformation that we go through when there's change or adaptation in our life and, there's been some OTs that that's been expanded on to include things like having and interacting in that cycle. And I think that that's probably the space where I work Mm. predominantly is how can, you know, before I do, I need to have myself in check. I need to have myself gathered. I need to be interacting with not only myself, but, you know, my, the things that are important to me that give me a sense of purpose. So, you know, those, those domains of matrescence where there's change can be so, you know profound for so many different people but it's so different and you know I think I've I've as I've deepened my understanding into OT and this intersection with matrescence I think I've I've really seen how that spiritual awakening that can occur for a lot of women in matrescence is an area that OT naturally speaks to you know we are interested in the cultural and spiritual elements of someone's life we give you know, that political kind of the matricentric feminism a place to be, you know, to, to, to give people context mm-hmm. that, yes, I'm now different to who I was um, and I'm trying to do the same things but I'm not the same and I'm now not operating in the same environment, yeah. 
Mm, I wish I had known what OT was capable of or what it could have provided to me when I was a mum. I bet you hear that all the time. Even the way that you just mentioned the doing, being, becoming and belonging. Mm. I mean, those two last B words, that's what we really talk about on this podcast and in my work all the time. Like who are you becoming because you're not who you used to be and you never will be again. But also the sense of belonging because so much around us has changed. We feel separate from people now or we feel closer to different people. And so to have known that that was there, it's a bit like, you know, I bet you feel like that about how I feel about matresses. Like, why do we not know this? Mm. Why isn't this something that is so much more accessible, understood, available for women everywhere? Yeah, yeah. And this is why I suppose I fly (laughs) the OT flag so broadly because we're not not coming into this space to dominate. We we are so used to working in multidisciplinary teams. We're used to collaborating with other professions and, you know, highlighting. And I think it's why we're probably not so well known because we do chameleon into these places and spaces and we draw out the best in people. We're not there to dominate and claim the space. We we are just really concerned with, well, what does that person want? Great. One another one we've helped, let's move on. So I think that you know, there is momentum within the OT space within women's health. It's really starting to move and grow. And there's just like in, in OT broadly, there's a lot of areas where women are working, you know, perinatally, but with mothers with, with disabilities or, you know, neurodivergent mothers. There's there's a lot of, you know, scope for, for OTs to be working in that space. Um, and, you know, I think we all have our mm. own, a lot of OTs, like a lot of, of women, you know, become aware of OT, uh, become aware of matrescence rather through their own, you know, arrival into to motherhood or their own challenges in conception. Um, and they start to look around for where mm. are the supports, just like a lot of other mothers. So, you know, those frameworks and ideals yes. we have, we know that actually we should be here and we deserve a seat at the table, you know, and there's layers that all these people can support. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've spoken a number of times around this idea of gathering yourself, which I love that idea because we talk a lot about this split we feel in Mm. the process of becoming a mother in matrescence. And so you kind of gather yourself back up. So to, not only as a mum to your two beautiful daughters, but also your clients and your community and your world. How have you learnt to gather yourself? Yoga has been one of the, the the principles of yoga. It's not just about the movement of yoga, I suppose. It's it's some mm. of the the principles of yoga and just that support for my nervous system, I think, that has been a part of, of getting me back to my roots, to really gathering that up I think my personal journey of I had a spontaneous miscarriage and had to deliver that child and so really I had to learn a lot about the physiology that my body was going through and the postpartum that I was going through and so the 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 steps after that process I was really deeply interested in what was happening in my body and how could I support it and what how is that impacting my mindset? How is that impacting the physiology of my body? And therefore, how was I expressing myself and engaging in the world? And I think what I've learned is that all of those aspects need to be honoured, that, that our mindset can be completely shifted by our physiology. You know, pregnancy, that perinatal period is a time where our hormones are doing amazing, amazing things. But it's also a time where we we feel 
so deeply disconnected sometimes because it's dialing up you know connections or disconnections that we have so I think for me it's about having space to journal space to move space to listen and breathe and be with my body those tools I suppose have been really helpful but having connections with others to go okay I feel like my body is changing and happening at a rapid place but this is actually a part of what's supposed to be happening for this process that I'm going through whether that's pregnancy or postpartum or you know weaning or motherhood or you know have a teenager who's pushing your buttons you know I think that the connection is is often you know and community those places where you can belong you know I think that process of doing being becoming belonging I I often lament to myself there needs to be a step somewhere in there about unbecoming too because sometimes we have to let go and I think that for me you know when at the very beginning question you asked you know about how I thought motherhood would be I often talk about the grip we have and sometimes it can be you know peeling a couple of fingers off to not let go completely but it's just opening to let new things in and there are times where I think that you know that nervous system and sensory support is really important to come back to there's a lot I could speak to around that stuff you know but I'm, I'm conscious of time I think that one of the things maybe that I can speak to really briefly is around like we have our emotions we know about a lot of people know about their nervous system and our emotional regulation and fight or flight and rest and digest but I think that I use a lot of psychosensory approaches which is just a fancy word for saying mind body and it's also thinking about our sensory system so you know we have our five senses that everybody knows but we actually have eight senses so there's three extras and you know there's t- there's a touch, sight, sound, hearing um, and taste and smell but we also have our vestibular um, system, our proprioceptive system and our interoception system. So what that means is vestibular is like your balance, you know, when you have a new baby and you're swaying and you're soothing yourself in that way and we're mm. moving and shifting. Proprioception is, you know, our body's ability to detect where our joints are in space. So it's often like touch and we might be seeking out touch or we might be touched out. You know, there's these kinds of things that we have. But interoception is this ability to feel into our heartbeat and to our thirst and to listen to what's happening inside our body, our intuition, you know, those things. So often, you know, we talk about, oh, our cups have to be filled up. But each of those sensory systems have a capacity you know every day we are processing sensory things you walk down the street you're hearing noise smells sounds your body might be set off kilter if the street's wonky your baby might be holding them and be off balance you know there's your body's constantly processing this and so when each of those become full we can't process anymore we become overwhelmed so having an ability to tip out those cups through yoga through movement through something that brings us back into connection with ourselves because we all have a tolerance you know we have senses that we love mm-hmm. like i don't mind being touched by my kids i don't experience touched out but what i experience is overwhelmed with sound like i cannot have the range hood on and kids mm-hmm. have to get outside you know we each have a sense that we might seek out we each have one that we avoid, you know. So so having practices that allow us to empty these cups throughout the day and have awareness to what's going on I think can allow us to really speak then to these emotional experiences we have around guilt and anger and frustration and why am I getting so rageful? It's actually because you're processing and dealing with a lot more 
also in this space where there's a lot more physiologically going on for our bodies. So I think, you know, when I talk about we can shape and evolve rather than it breaking us, it's like we can we can influence some of these things um, through how we interact with our environment. We can adapt to those things. Some of those pressures are societal and this is why spaces like this are important to talk about them and understand, but I think that there are things we can be doing. So for me, the over the years, the things I keep coming back to are what support my nervous system, what supports my sensory system. And some of that involves giving me spaces to offload. And that might be through journaling, through venting to a friend. It might be getting a massage or doing something that supports these sensory systems. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a journey. I can, I can ramble no, about this. No, it's amazing. And yeah. the- Oh, it's amazing. And so you should. It's really, really important for us to understand this because once again, I'm listening to you thinking, do you know how many women over the last decade or so have cried to me in guilt and shame about the fact that they feel so touched out Mm. or that they, it just, the noise has just become so much and they think it's, you know, there's something wrong with them. We haven't understood those extra senses. We haven't understood that we've only got capacity for a certain amount. Mm. And once again, if we don't understand it, we blame ourselves. It's just so important mm. that we are out there in every capacity we can be, whether you're a mama listening to this and now you can share this podcast with the other, your other mama mm. friends or if you're somebody in this space as an OT, a matrescence coach, a, a therapist, whatever it is that you're here for, that we start talking about these different physiological, Mm. emotional, hormonal, cultural, societal, all of these different changes so that we stop thinking that there's something wrong with us. And that's what I've really got out of this conversation is that once again, there is just so much that we don't understand and talk about in terms of this change that we experience And once you know there's this softening, you talk about mind and body connection, there's this softening in the body, I hope, of, oh, you mean there's a reason why I feel Mm. this way? It's just amazing. That's right. And I think, you know, women, it doesn't have to be that every woman understands these things on a deep scientific level. Having that understanding of when I feel anger, it emerges like this in my body, when I feel guilt. And if Mm. we know what our own dashboards look like, our own, you know, how we have to tweak the knobs on our dashboard, that's, I think, that's what I'm really interested in. That's what I love supporting women to do. I think that then it gives us a sense of agency to move about the world in a way that is meaningful and gives us purpose for the things we need and want to do. I think for me that's that's why I just think OTs are really, you know, fit within this space. It's why coaches align with, you know, they have similar perspectives. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you so much for the way that you've walked us through all of this. As you said, I know there's a lot more that we mm. could do and explore in this space and maybe we'll have to get you back on or do something together. But Thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for inviting me. Your insights, your absolute passion for this beautiful. It's just amazing to be in this space with you. No worries. Thanks, Amy. Once again, it just blows my mind how many more insights, resources and support is out there for mothers that we don't know about. So I hope this has given you an insight into perhaps what you 
need for your own healing and support and what you can share with the women around you. Please check the show notes for more details about Holly's work and where you can connect with her and reach out to her. And make sure you always have a look at the mummarising.net website. On this website is all of our phenomenal mummarising coaches from around the world who bring so many different insights and expertise to this space of matrescence. So if you go to mummarising.net, you can explore who would you like to work with? What are you most needing in this moment? You can search for the type of support you need, where you are in the world. We have the most divine community of women waiting to support you. Thank you for being here as always. Please share this message far and wide so that no mama will ever have to say, why didn't I know about this? Thanks again. Until next week. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.